0: Hello, I'm Jonathan Wingfield, and you're listening to In Conversation, the podcast series brought to you by System Stories, in which we pair together two of the most relevant, powerful, and often opinionated individuals from within the global fashion industry and its adjacent cultural fields. We then steer them through an unfiltered and insightful long-format conversation. I'm Charlie Porter. I'm a writer from London. In December, System asked me to facilitate a conversation between Pharrell Williams, Creative Director of Menswear at Louis Vuitton, and Marc Jacobs, former Artistic Director of Louis Vuitton. I said yes. It was wild. I can't think of a time when a former Artistic Director of a house went on the record with a current Creative Director. These conversations don't usually happen. Marc Jacobs started at Louis Vuitton in 1997, when the house had never staged a fashion show or produced a runway collection. Mark collaborated often and, in 2004, worked with Pharrell on Louis Vuitton's first sunglasses, The Millionaires. Jacobs left Louis Vuitton in 2013 and had not set foot in its Paris headquarters since. Pharrell was announced as menswear creative director in 2023, showing his first collection by shutting down the Pont Neuf. Marc was in Paris for the opening of the recent Jurgen Teller show. The next morning, the two met to talk for System. Pharrell and Mark were sat on a sofa next to each other in what's called the VIP suite. I was behind the scenes. As soon as Pharrell walks in, they start talking. The conversation was so good, I didn't need to interject. Eventually, I join in to point the conversation in certain directions. But really, this is just Pharrell and Mark and what they have to say to each other. And this moment is super surreal. Like
1: that. Yeah. Well, it's surreal to me too. This guy's the fucking goat, man. <laughs> The greatest taste, no. the greatest taste, greatest designer unto yourself, greatest taste and people that you have and would like to collaborate with. I mean, just like goat level, like people know who Murakami is. He has a really incredible portfolio, but like, man, when you gave him that platform to do and what you guys did together, like that changed his life, that changed his career. And it was like a magnet for so many of us who were watching the brand, like, we're like, okay, Vitan is a different place. It changed fashion, it changed art. And you just continue to do it over and over and over again. Like, and I can't believe that you fucking gave me a shot, man. But
2: you can. You can I just really based can. on what you based just on what you said, you you believe it.
1: <laughs> I'm having a hard time believing it. <laughs> 'Cause I am I'm literally pinching myself all the time. But I'm just saying, like, from my perspective, it had never happened before. Sure, like you know, fashion brands, corporations, designers, they would sing clothes to people in music and like, you know, rap music specifically. But nobody ever said, come in and do something. Yeah. It had never happened before. You opened the doors for us and then you held the doors open. I don't know how to do it any other way. That's
2: just the reality of it. I mean, I always find it funny to think about because when I arrived in Paris, as basically a foreigner. I mean, if you're from New York, and you're given a design position in a f- storied French house. Yeah. You are about as foreign of a foreigner as they get. Right. You know, like, typically, the French didn't welcome you with open arms. You know what I mean? The Parisians mm-hmm. didn't welcome you with open arms. And I just looked at, like, what went on here creatively in another period in time, which was so beautiful, which was when people with different creative visions and voices... Worked with each other because they were all creative people. So, you know, you had people like Coco Chanel, you had people like Elsa Schiaparelli, who were working with really interesting experimental musicians, uh, set designers, artists. And I don't think they gave it a second thought. They were just all like minded, creative people who benefited. from working together and exchanging ideas. So mm. so to me, when I looked at the history of good design in Paris, yes. especially in fashion, I was like, well, that was the behavior. So that's what the behavior should be.
1: Right. And do you think like at a certain point people lost that concept?
2: I think something as the world progressed, there was more of this like ownership this idea of like, I am the great so-and-so, and and I own this, and I will not share the recognition with others. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. you know what happens when you have a closed mind, or when you become too caught up in yourself, you lose the opportunity to express new things, to meet new people, to share. You know what I mean? So I think maybe that's what was a little bit happening in the world of fashion around that time it was years and years of this. I am the king of this ivory tower and I did everything. It's me, 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 I, I, I. There was no we to be yeah. found. Yeah. And I mean, that I probably isn't only fashion. That probably was going on in a lot of places. But you know, when things get I oriented, it's always a dangerous place to be. And so when you start saying we and let people in. I think actually some really interesting
1: things happen. That's so true. I like how you refer to it as the eye orientation, as it is. It's the sickness. It's the ego. Yeah. I mean, I just saw you just be so collaborative, and I've always prided myself on my collaborations. I feel like my best work was that. So, in that respect, I felt like we got we got along so well. I I, I just couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. Like just like looking back at the amount of opportunities that you afforded me
2: and our story i think began with some sunglasses you yeah. know and and again it <laughs> was crazy. it was just yeah but you know that's like what is it the ask and you shall receive it's yeah. like y- you know you put it out there And I was receptive. There was the opportunity meets preparation vibe going on. And um, that's when, again, when things can happen. And it wasn't premeditated at all. I wasn't searching for people to collaborate with. There was always a reason that made something feel valid and right, you know, which creatively in my mind, I always need that little, that moment, that spark that says like, this is the right thing to do, but not the right thing in like the results, what feels right to do.
1: Right. But well, see, to me, I think that's also a compliment to what it is that you do because it's not premeditated. You just know. I can't say it's just only synonymous with Aries, but you do have like that. Yeah, that's that right. Aries, with like <laughs> like you just, oh, yeah, and you just know and you commit.
2: You know, maybe youth has, well, I guess I wasn't that much younger, but yeah, I was much younger. But, you know, there's something that youth allows you, if you're that person mm-hmm. where you just say like, Why not? Like, let's do it. You know, like there isn't all that like weight of like, is this the right thing to do? Should I do it? What are they going to think about it? Is that going to cause me a problem? And I think especially around the time we met, things that felt good, I was like, yeah, let's do it.
1: Yes, that's crazy.
0: The pair have been talking unprompted since we started recording. Pharrell suddenly turns to me. Have we domineered this conversation. Oh, 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 wait a second. Are we supposed to be... <laughs> the dream is that I sit here just going like, this is everything I want you to talk about. And, and also the dream is sometimes that there's the fourth wall broken as well. So yeah, so, but... Oh, that's so weird because I thought like you knew that you were supposed to start there. No, no, we no, were- no, no, no. I was going to like say, maybe you can like reflect on what it means to have started fashion in a house where there was no fashion. What was it like in 97 or whenever you got the job to actually... 97. How did you build fashion at Louis Vuitton? What I guess it? the way we did...
2: Uh- um, you know, it was really hard. I guess the beginning was really tough. And I had a couple of people that worked with me on the team, Camille Michelli, who you remember, I'm sure. Yes, 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 yes. Peter Copping, Jane Whitfield, But we were a very, very small team of people. And I brought them in. We had to start an atelier. There was no Vuitton atelier. LVMH, all the different brands in LVMH operate separately. So it wasn't like, oh, they have a great atelier over at Dior. They're going to help us out. It's yeah. like no. Nah.
0: That's yeah. not the way it goes. Yeah.
2: So we had to build it. And in the project, I first presented to Vuitton when Mr. Arnaud approached me. He wanted to know what my vision of Vuitton in the future could be. And I did this project where I drew like a watch. And I drew, it was like Vuitton could be a, a luxurious watch. And Vuitton could be fine jewelry. And Vuitton could be this. And it could be menswear and womenswear. And it was just presenting the possibilities as I saw it of what the future would be for Vuitton, because there was no ready to wear. There was only bags, and really the only convincing bags, in my opinion, were the was the luggage, because it's what the house did, it's what they were known for, and it's what you actually saw out in the world. When I was asked to do it and came in, we had to make everything else up. Wow. There just was no machine here for that. It was very daunting, but it was also fantastic. In the fear of a white page, we found all the things we could do. And it was Pharrell who suggested, like, oh, it'd be great to do Vuitton sunglasses. And I was like, great, let's do it together. Well, well let me see. <laughs> you want to tell the whole story?
1: Well, no, 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 not the whole story. But let me just say this. Let me say this. Two things. Number one, so it's official. This is the house that you built. Mm, thanks. Because it didn't exist before. We both have this in common where we, like, often self-deprecate. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a it's a comfort thing. At times it's equalizing, it feels like, but it was just nice to really hear you embrace this is the house that you built. And I will for sure echo those words for the rest of my days. Second of all, the way that it actually happened with the sunglasses (laughs) is that Emma had introduced us and you were like, I like those sunglasses. Did you make them? And I was like, nah, I didn't make them. And you were like, Well, do you want to make some? And I was like, sure. I was like, do you mind if I bring the guy that actually made it? Because we like make a lot of shit together these days, Nego. And that's how we met. But you were complimentary of them and you liked them and you were like, yo, basically saying if you did those, come do some over at the house. That's exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, it still doesn't seem like that's what happened to me. I promise you, because I, I was—I I was, remember I being a bad memory. So
1: it's okay, because I remember feeling so lucky that you didn't just go, "Oh, well, fuck you!" Like you know, let's <laughs> where's that guy? And you were still like, "No, yeah, you can bring him." And I was like, "Oh, amazing!"
2: I remember meeting nico with you, of course. I remember talking to you on the phone. I remember some of. Your vocabulary, like I remember there's a phrase that you said left of center. Yes, sir. Yes. That stuck in my head forever because <laughs> yeah. I just thought, like, yeah, that's that's where you want to be is just left of center. Yeah. So but and we talked on the phone at great length about different types of styles of sunglasses. And I remember having like almost like a flash like if it were a movie you said Sophia lorenz and i was like i knew exactly or i thought i knew exactly what you meant by that style of sunglass yeah, where the yeah. the arm came from the bottom yeah, or whatever yeah. and then i remember fast forward you know many 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 years later with virgil calling me up and saying like oh we're going to do these glasses and he sent he sent me a pair and yeah. my husband took <laughs> took <what was laughs> he <over>. took them <laughs> yeah um and of course it, it just reminded me of like you know how it was nice that that life evolved and stuff so
1: I met you twenty years ago. Is it twenty? Twenty. And the sunglasses came out in two thousand four. No. But we started working in two thousand three. Oh. Which is crazy. Yeah. Wow, that was crazy
2: that we got them done so quickly. <laughs> you did jewelry and we you modeled in the ad campaign shot by Matt Marcus. This was... guy
1: changed my life, man. Yeah. Did do you know that though? Do you know that? Like Music has been great to me. It continues to be the skeleton key that opens every door 100%. But one of the doors that it opened was like meeting you and having you embrace me in that way and be so supportive and be so generous. Like it only started happening after you did that for me. Mm. I just want you to know, like on the long list of your continuous accomplishments in this lifetime, you built this house and you changed my life 100%. Thank you. You let everybody know what was possible.
2: You know, I, I, I'm not putting myself down. I really i am not. But I had the opportunity of a lifetime being here and being given the freedom and the authority to do what I wanted. And what I wanted to do is what I did. So, yeah, luck is opportunity meets preparation, right? So I got to do these things and I got to do them with you and I got to do them with Murakami and Steven Sprouse and you know, a host of people because yeah. um there were people who I looked up to and respected creatively and all I did was just uh, extend an invitation.
1: That was school for me. I, cause I didn't go to Central St. Martin's or Parsons or anything like that. You didn't <laughs> I did not. So you yeah, I'm well, I understand. This is like a you lottery were ticket for me.
2: Born with the whole fashion gene, that's for sure. Like before anybody was like rocking certain things, you had like that purple Birkin, that crop crazy Birkin, right? And yes, you know, and you had like oh, well, all the jewelry and all the stuff going on that people were like way ahead of everybody else. So
1: can I can I just let them know where I got the inspiration to get the purple crop? <laughs> you had a green crop.
2: See, you're turning it around again. You're you're turning it around because I said like, oh, and you had this fashion gene, and you were doing this, and you were doing this, and you're like, no, 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 it's because you. It wasn't because of me. It was in you. You had it all along. You've always been Mister Stylish, and
1: uh, I'm Mister to observe no i am i I promise you no
2: but you you and nico i mean what you were doing with music and how it was expressed through the things you wore it was very uniquely you what was so seductive and very attractive about you is that there was all this creative energy that was manifesting itself in terms of what we heard in terms of what we saw like all of that you stop the self-deprecating and i'll stop the (laughs) (laughs) self-deprecating we'll get somewhere maybe
1: okay
0: I was watching um, old NERD performances last night and I was thinking about how punk they were. Yeah. And that energy as well. Like it's not just fashion in terms of what it is now, but actually the energy you had before as a kid was punk energy, which then also you always were part of punk energy as well. I mean, what was that New York kind of punk energy with like, yeah. you mm. know, Sonic Youth and stuff.
1: Yeah. New, there was a moment where New York was incredibly irreverent. That yeah. was the thing to be, yeah. was to be subversive. Yeah. Like, Right. Yeah, I understand he he definitely was. He was a part of that class for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: So when you came to Paris, part of it was also you'd already got this understanding of that you could bring Stephen Sprouse here and be so audacious with bringing him here. Yeah. There were some really
2: great French punks in the art world. You know, Duchamp was like the ultimate punk rock artist and that was part of what I thought about when I came here. You know, it's like a guy who puts a mustache on the Mona Lisa is like a punk rock artist through and through. Yeah. And I mean, and also what that symbolized was like by defacing it or by thinking left of center, you've created something new that yeah. speaks to a younger group of people. So yeah. so I thought like, wow, you know, that's, you've got the guy here who did all this stuff in the art world that really shook things up. There's plenty punk rock
1: about Paris. Around
0: the time of the sunglasses been a boys club had started, right? So you were already thinking about garments and-
1: Yeah. You know, Nigo gave me a shot. We were partners. And I think I was at a point in my life where I just couldn't believe that any of this was happening for me and that anyone cared enough to like even share their platform like that. Cause he had bait, which was crushing it. And then meeting Mark, I'll never forget. When I first made my first check in music. I bought like a bunch of polo and I like blew my whole check. And it was like not a lot of money. And then when I got my first substantial check. The first thing I did was go get the LV roller, the duffel, the keep all. So I never dreamt in a million years that I was like going to meet this guy. When I met him, I was like, oh, okay. You know, he said he wants to do something. And for me, if it never came to fruition, the fact that he said that, like just meant so much. And so when we ended up doing something, I was like, oh, this is like really real. I've always been that. always been like the person who, when it comes to things for me, I'm not really good at reading the moment to say, oh, this is your time. This is happening. Like someone around me needs to go, hey, do you understand that this is really happening? Like My life wasn't like that up until I got into the music industry. It, it always just felt like not necessarily bad luck, but subjugated gravity pulling down in every which way. That's just the way we grew up. And so it's like, well, I don't know. That would never happen for me. And so having BBC and having Nego as a partner and then bumping into Mark and then Mark welcoming me in a moment where it's like, well, I didn't make those sunglasses out of all the ones that Nego made. That's the pair that I chose. So I'm rocking those. And he was like, well, you want to make sunglasses? I was like, yeah. Again, I said this earlier, but when I asked, could I bring Nego? And he said, yes. I was like, any other like vulture or savage in this industry, because there's a lot of them
2: yeah would have been like
1: <laughs> right oh okay cool great uh where's an ego you know but he didn't do that i never forgot that part that part right there just meant so much to me and i've just been on a continuous high of that notion even up until now there's so many of these decisions he could have said oh, okay this is our limit this is where we stop He was like no 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 okay cool we did that all right you want to do a campaign like wait what me in a campaign like what do you mean <laughs> Like I'm not like at the time Tyson Beckford or like any of these other dudes. Like, yeah,
2: but let's just, but you're a great looking guy with like tons of style. So it was not exactly like poor you in this ad campaign. It was <laughs> no, like no, no, I no. mean.
1: No, you leveled me up. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> that was like a level up, but I just, you know, at the time it was unheard of. Right. And then we went on to do the jewelry.
2: Yeah. Again, Game I mean, changing. I, yeah, it just all just felt like the right thing to do. It wasn't like, I'm going to look back on this or people are going to look back on this and say like, I, it was exciting being here and it was exciting trying to figure out and define and keep an open mind about the possibilities of what Louis Vuitton could be. And because that was the mindset and because you were you and the time was what it was and Creativity, everything, it just, it worked beautifully.
0: And do you mean it in a kind of wider sense of like the lesson of the possibility of being generous in collaboration or in kind of work rather than it being vulture?
2: Well, I think the vulture thing has to come further along in history because I think maybe people looking back on that and then seeing what the landscape is now, Mm -hmm. like they're like, well, we want the results of that, which now we can see but we weren't open to then
1: yes that's true
2: if i can pat myself on the back maybe that's part of what was special was that i was in a position of power here and with an open mind that's what i saw as being right and interesting and cool as opposed to a vulture later on looking back and saying how can i use that
0: One thing about the way you both talk about lots of things is these things happen because someone says something to someone. Is that something that runs through all your life? These huge, huge kind of global things that actually it's just one person calling someone else?
1: Kind of, because you can't premeditate it. You know, some, some of these things you can plan and have an idea, but oftentimes the most magical ones are magical because you didn't plan it. It's just that you had the instinct to ask the right question at the right time or you're around the right kind of really receptive, open person who wants to make, make magic and they accept. Or you guys, are, the, the, the environmental context is so perfect that like we look at each other and go, we're crazy if we don't do this right now, you know, where it just dawns on you. And I think he just has that instinct, like he just has that like natural instinct that he knows he should ask this question or make this suggestion or whatever. Whatever, and like we're all idiots not to step up and be like, sure, he ain't gonna like this word, but that's that's the that's how genius works. It's not really a thought. Yes, it's organic. It's just there. It's it's no different than like a Tuesday coming after Monday and right before (laughs) Wednesday. It just that's just the way it is. That's just how people like that work. We're all blessed. In fact.
0: Can we like jump, jump, jump to now? Sure. Can you jump, th- jump, 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 jump. Jump, jump, jump. Can you, can you, <laughs> can you talk about the call or, or like how you were first asked about whether you'd want to enter this house as creative director like, or, how, or, or were there conversations before or how, how did it... Yeah, how did that happen?
1: How did it happen? <laughs> uh, just as bizarre. Um, I have been talking to Alexan for years saying I think Nego is the guy. For uh-huh. here. Like I was like, man, you know, he did two collaborations. He did one with V, which was amazing. V was a good collaborator as well. Yeah. Bless his brother. And then he did one after V had passed in the interim, and that was great too. So I just kept saying, Look, he's 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 ready for it. He's gonna crush it. He's got the taste, he's, he's got everything. And he's over at Kenzo, and I just thought, Okay, he's over at Kenzo now, which I wear, I wear Kenzo all the time. Like, and then um Pietro had it in his mind when he got the position, which is crazy. Pietro, right? Yeah. Knew him from then. In yep. Your squad. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, we thought about it, and i you know, Pietro and I, like, we just can't think of anybody else better f- suited for the position than you." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" He's like, "Yeah, you." And I was like, He's like, I I hope you'll accept. I was like, I fucking accept. (laughs) I was like, but I'm going to need some time to think about it. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we hope you accept. I said, no, 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 no. You understand? I said, yes already. I just need some time to go unpack this because I didn't see this coming. And uh, I've been feeling the same way ever since. So you have to understand, it's like, it's a bit emotional for me to like see you because you started this, man. You built this house. And you knocked down the first domino that got me to this place. I never saw this in my brain. It was like, okay, I did a mixtape after like we first worked together, and I was talking so crazy on there. I was like, you know, ask Mark Jacobs, you know, just talking so crazy about how just bragging because that was who I was at the time. You know, it's like 20 years ago, bragging about like being the first to do this and the first to do that. But you know, sunglasses, campaign, jewelry. So in my mind. That was enough. In my mind that was like flagging the ground like hey so when when Virgil got the position it was like oh this is amazing. This story just keeps evolving. This is look what Mark did. This is fucking crazy. I'm good. I'm over at Chanel. I've been there for like 9 years.
2: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Which was amazing.
1: Well, yeah, I was grateful.
2: Yeah, that was some really good. Right? Good output there. Crazy, yep. a yeah. nice
1: a, a capsule which had never been done with. You know, Carla never done one. Chanel never. You know, yeah. Coco never done like it was a first. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm cool. I get that call, and I and I didn't renew over at Chanel. I I, I don't know why. Something was like, don't renew. Just chill. Be supportive. You love them. They've been good to you. Um, Virginie's awesome. You know, Carl's gone. Just, you cool. Like, just don't renew. Just chill. And when I got that call, I couldn't believe it. Well, but you you know those moments that, where, yeah. like, you somebody tells you something and you're just, like, not even aware of, like, how you're looking anymore because you're just staring into the distance. You're just ruminating. And I'm like, is this real? Like, am I going to fuck this up? Is something going to happen? Like, this can't be real. And I just thought, like, I'm like, this guy right here. How did he know enough to, like, knock down the dominoes? That's why I'm just like, oh, you know, and he doesn't want to hear it. But you just have to understand you, you, this has affected my life immensely is, like, an understatement. Like, this has changed my life. So getting that call, I'm like, yo. This is the gift that keeps on giving.
0: How quickly did your life change? Like, when did you first start coming to live here? Like, what what did it, what did your life look like then after that call? We
1: came here in January. I had to do the same thing you did, which was present my vision to Mr. Arno, wow. which uh, is the, the future of Chic, which I think is dandy. And he liked it and pretty much everything you saw in the collection in the first show is what we presented. We signed on Valentine's Day, which was crazy. It's like weird, but awesome. And I haven't been home since, since since then. So it's like, we just been here. Found a place, still love my place in Miami, which is what we're gonna do when we go to, in Christmas, you know, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. But I, I love it here, man. I just, my whole mindset has shifted. Seeing what is possible has been given new definition and new context with this, uh, this appointment and what it's afforded me, like this different POV of, of of Paris. I hang with my kids, you know, my family, I work. And I've always worked hard, but I probably work harder than I ever have in my life. And I make music upstairs. And it's crazy, it's the room that he used to be in.
0: Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Can you unpack a bit this word chic? Because I was just thinking 20 years ago, the words chic and menswear weren't necessarily words that sat next to each other. Like, how has things evolved, and what part of both of you played in the evolution of of what men can wear?
1: Well, I would say, <clears throat> if he didn't start it, he was definitely one of the founding fathers of that blend on a popular level. And I, you know, started wearing like Chanel pieces that I thought I could pull off, not because they were uh, more masculine but because I felt like the silhouette or the shape just lended itself to looking good on a human. So I would wear pearls. I would wear like, you know, a sweater that made sense that that looked like it fit or a belt here and there or some accessories, you know? Seeing him do that, <clears throat> I, think, I think I just naturally just thought that was cool. I'm an observer. And then Notorious B.I.G. had this line like, bags by Chanel, Baby Bens traded in your Honda XL and to me it was like I had never paid attention to Chanel before. I used to see it on Lil Kim. I didn't know about it at all, but then I started seeing how he would wear things at the time. And it's interesting because when we first met, I felt like you were like a lot of like button downs but very casually jeans or khakis. He had like these clear front glasses oh, yeah. frames. Yeah. You know. Always like very casual cigarette, just super cool, colorful socks. And he would wear like these worn Stan Smiths. Yeah. And that was the reason why I started wearing Stan Smiths because I saw how he was wearing his. Like his weren't new. They were worn. I was like, wow, he just, it's the real thing. You know, it's like the reason why you love vintage shopping, but he was like in it, making it what it was. But then he would have like crispy like Hermes or And I I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, oh, this guy (laughs) got all the sauce. So like that just started like to inform me that like, because I went from high school kid with a background in like skate world, like wearing Vans and sort of mixing the worlds together. Then when I got into the industry, it's like when I first could afford anything, like I said, I was wearing a lot of polo and like had like Vuitton bags. Then I went like super heavy into like went back Skate shit like cut off dickies, vans, and shit like that. Then I started like wearing like a luxury house, like level fashion brands. And so when I met him, then that pulled me back from that. And it was like, okay, well, who am I now? What do I get to do? Because this guy is just doing whatever the fuck he wants. There are no rules. That really informed me. Facts.
0: Facts. So you mean like the individuality of dressing rather than just Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And not having any rules. That's why I like, this blows my mind because he's still doing, he's still like, he's still like knocking down the walls of like what one can do and showing people like how they can do it.
2: I love fashion. That's why I do this, right? This is the main reason why I'm interested in working in this world is because I love fashion Mm -hmm. and, you know- Part of what I love about fashion is the change. And I have a very personal relationship to that change. So if it's something like a ballerina flat that all of a sudden takes me away, then that's what my life looks like for the next however many months I'm into it or years I'm into it. I do remember seeing you like you were in Comme des Garcons at a certain point or yeah. there was a Vivian hat at yeah. one point, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, again, I took note of the different things, but the big picture was... That there is still that passion because if there wasn't that passion, yes. there wouldn't be a new hat to note. There yeah. wouldn't be a new pair of shorts to note. Yeah. There wouldn't be a new shoe to note. That yes. just shows you. It doesn't matter that those things aren't the same. It's kind of even better that they change because it yes. just shows that renewed interest that like, yeah, something can still pull at my heartstrings. Something yes. something I have to have and I can't explain why, yes. but I have to have it. Yes.
0: Yes. And uh, you know
2: that's that's the whole meat and potatoes of it, really. Hundred percent. I don't know why, but I have
1: to have it. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, when I get obsessed, I need it in every color. Yeah, of course. Or at least at least four or five colors. Of course. And I will wear it to death. Yeah. My family says I have like little uniforms that I, like just, they just they stay the same, and I stay on it. Yeah
2: you know, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, this idea of chic, I don't know if chic is really part of the current vocabulary. I mean, as a word, you know what I mean? Like it almost belongs to another time. I don't hear a lot of young people using that, that actual word, but what it represents never goes away. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so interesting about, people's relationship to fashion is so cool now and without having to talk about gender or anything it's just like you could say pearls you could say a birkin it's not a woman's handbag it's not a lady's necklace it's mm-hmm. yeah you know, it's just like they're pearls yeah. it's a bag yeah you know and and that is like whoa that is futuristic you know, like yeah. who would have thought we didn't have to attach an article, like a gendered article in front of like these things. It's like, nah, they're just materials for to, to create a stylish look, you know.
1: Agreed. And I and I would add to what you were saying about chic. For me, like chic is pretty much like a kind of stamp of approval, not from anyone else, but it's just kind of like the obvious that, oh, that person is chic. Why? because they are effortlessly doing this thing, and look at the detail. It's kind of like an attitude more than it is what you're wearing. It's like the level of comfort and confidence and what it is that you have on and how it is just vibrating a comfort that everyone takes notice of.
0: You said the words meat and potato, and it made me think about like the how your first, the reality of doing your first show, like the reality of... How was it that, that those days leading up to it, the weeks leading up to it, then the day? Like, do you know it was going to be like this doing a show, or was it? Okay, this is now just the reality of
1: the world? The one life? thing that I can say is that I've never been nervous about the shows, but I think it's because I'm so obsessed with the details that I'm too carried away with making sure everything's okay that I don't wor- I don't have the bandwidth to worry. I'm just really obsessed with making sure that like it's the best of the best. I'm too busy doing that. Thank God. I, I don't I, I don't know if I could deal with having nerves.
0: And so you start that preparation like weeks, 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 months, months, months in advance, right? Like it's-, oh, we, it's Man,
1: we start soon, like soon as the last one stopped, we started thinking about, I was already, I had already told the team like, okay, next we're gonna go here. And then the pre-codes are the pre-codes. But for me, I, I, I wanna make the pre-codes like as good as the shows so much work it really is and you you don't have room to worry i don't know how he did it every show super fire the, the one with the spongebob bag oh uh, come on uh,
2: you did music for one of the shows too do you yes, remember that when you yes uh, sir yeah Yes, sir. That was crazy. You were what was it? All that Chicago House or something like that. And it was like played like
0: super, super fast.
2: Yeah. And I remember I remember some of the music from that season
1: was so insane. Opportunity after
0: opportunity. With your shows, there's I get the sense there's a bit more kind of change right up to the last moment, like the kind of possibility of doubt or is or Oh yeah, or- oh, yeah totally. I
2: mean, I, I'm a nervous wreck. Yeah, I stress it all. But the it's okay. level I, I mean, of it's work, It's what I do though. consistently.
1: Huh? The, the, level, the level of work. The yeah. level of work was just so next level.
2: I mean, that is one of the most beautiful things about working in Paris. The way I summed it up was like we would talk about some button design. Mm-hmm. And the person from the button who would do the buttons, who would execute them, would kind of come. They didn't really do this, but this is how it looked to me. Mm-hmm. Like they'd bring the proto of the button on a velvet,
1: it does feel that way. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like yes. they're so
2: proud yeah. of having executed this idea you've given them the privilege to do. Yes. That, and that was something I mean I've never experienced that never. anywhere else in the world. Like never. to work with the French artisans, like that was like the best part.
1: It still feels that way right now. You feel like a kid, but then you also feel incredibly honored. Yeah. And it's the balance in that between those emotions. Like
2: fuck. Yes, I can't believe
1: this. And then there's like, damn, bro, I'm like so lucky. Mm. And because you can't communicate that to anyone else. In fact, you're probably the first one that's ever, I've ever been able to have a conversation with someone to, that can share that that feeling, yeah. you know, to say, yes, you're like honored, like, because they do. they like, look, yeah, this is what you asked for. Yeah. You know, and this little part right here and this, and by the way, we we thought about this and we thought, well, why don't we just add this? And you're like, what the yeah.
0: fuck? Why didn't I think? You know, it's that. Can I just ask about like the importance of having Henry Taylor in the first show, mm-hmm. but then also Cynthia as well, and this kind of sense of open collaboration and generosity that seems to be inherent from what Mark did?
1: Well, Cactus, just because that's what you're just supposed to do. <laughs> that's just, you're supposed to do that. You know what I'm saying? And with Henry Taylor, like as a black man on this planet, I'm supposed to do that. The door was held open for me. And Henry had done something with the house before. I think like he did like a, they took a painting of his and put on a purse. But I saw it as an opportunity to really open that platform up before I even knew that he did, they did that. Right? You know, he was one of the artists that we identified that I wanted to work with. I, you know, I have a responsibility. My 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 job is to hold the door. Anybody watch Game of Thrones? Hodor. That's my job. You got to do
0: it. I've watched Game of Thrones and know what he means by Hodor, but no one else in the room responds.
1: No one else watched Game of Thrones? Really? I tried. What?
2: I tried. Oh, it no. wasn't my thing. No, no,
1: no, no. How long
2: did you watch? I watched season one and a, through season two and half of season two.
0: Pharrell is stunned and spends some time trying to convince Mark and Char to try again. He suggests they watch with subtitles. Pharrell says he's watched Game of Thrones four times already and his favorite character is Bran Stark.
1: You really love it. It's the best writing ever. Really? It's the best thing that imitates real life. Promise you. Okay. Sorry to curb the conversation. That's all
0: right. The pair have been talking for an hour. It's time to wind up. Look, I was just gonna just say how incredible it's been to be witness to this conversation. And how meaningful it is, and how rare it is. I think in this luxury fashion house era, to have two and you're artistic director and creative director, but two like creator directors in the same room from different periods. I don't think it ever happens. So
2: well, hopefully it'll happen more in the future. Hopefully, hopefully mankind will change, or humankind, humankind will change, and realize that like. Love, respect, mutual admiration, appreciation are the way forward and not, you know, it's mine. I made it. You you know, I'm better than you are. Like, hopefully there'll be a shift. I mean, there's already been a shift, but it needs to get a lot bigger. And maybe by speaking to each other, sharing our stories and our relationship, like, you know, maybe it'll open up the possibility of more of this. Right.
1: I couldn't agree more. Like, we need that. There's a lot of me, me, me. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. I was having lunch with a friend and they said my pronouns are we.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: And I thought like, yes.
1: Yes. We we yes. we, us and ours. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's what I'm that's what I'm pushing for my brand. Our pronouns are we, yes. us and ours. Yeah. That's our slogan.
2: That's oh is it? Yeah, because oh, that's the, a good one.
1: Yeah, because the minute that we realize that there's only us, right. then the world is must be ours. Right. You know there is no them right
0: just thank you, both of you really. It's been so incredible to have you both open up so much. I was kind of hoping that maybe this might happen. I imagined it would, and then it did like from the minute you didn't even realize you were being recorded. it happened it was incredible like it's, uh, yeah,
2: I think we have a little bit of a of a genuine relationship, yes, whether it's we see each other always or once in a while, the genuine feeling is is just that it's authentic so. Very grateful. You get get, get what you came for. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. I'll always be forever grateful to this guy. And likewise. This this, this doesn't get old. You know where we are right now? You know who I'm talking to? You know what's happening? My greatest job is not waking up. This is a dream. That's the only hard job I got. It's like, don't wake up.
0: Thanks for listening to In Conversation, a podcast series by System Stories. Make sure you press follow to stay up to date with all our new episodes.